Now, the New South Wales election, of course, not too far away, and we thought it'd be good to get to know who our politicians are, away from the spin, away from the press conferences, but who they are as people. Because sometimes when you see them on the nightly news or you listen to them on the radio with their interviews, they don't always seem like normal people like you and me. Well, they are. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to cut through the poly waffle, literally, because we have a plate of waffles in front of our pollies to find out what they eat too. That often tells you what they're like, what they put in their waffles. And our guest today is the opposition leader, the man who wants to be Premier of New South Wales, Chris Minns. Chris Minns, welcome to Polly Waffle. Thank you so much, Deb. Thanks for having me. We'll find out about your waffle that you've chosen in just a moment. There but I think it's fairly ordinary, I've got to say. <laughs> you know, you haven't gone lavish, so that might oh. be something. Are you a bit of a simple guy, do you reckon? You're not <laughs> too over by, the top? What do you mean by a bit simple? <laughs> not simple in, in, in the way you might think, but do you, no. do you like to keep things yeah, simple? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't really have like a sweet tooth, but we, my wife and I used to live in America and they, they go crazy for waffles over Chicken there. and waffles. Chicken and waffles. Weird combinations. Chicken. So I didn't go that crazy but you know like fresh yeah fresh fruit yeah fresh fruit this is what ice you've cream. got you've got fresh fruit strawberries mango and yeah. a bit of ice cream as well Perfect. so you're trying to be healthy even though it's a waffle uh, yeah <laughs> i'm trying to get there that's like you know when you have 15 diet cokes and you're like yeah but they're diet cokes, they're diet you know? cokes yeah, exactly. of course well i lived in america for a while too and i was always quite amazed when they would have fried chicken mm. on a waffle covered in maple syrup their food's fantastic for the first week or month that you're there. You're like, this is the best. It's cheap. It's plant. And then after like a quarter, when the plate three, is enormously large and yeah. the servings, and you're probably like me, you're taught to always eat what's on your plate. That's right. And there's and a lot on it. And yeah. you're like, oh, I can't eat any more fried chicken <laughs> or hamburgers. Well, you've gone healthy with your waffle today, which Thank is you. good to see. Now, you were first elected to state parliament as the member for Cogra mm-hmm. back in 2015, and you've had a pretty quick rise to the top, I've got to say. What do you think the reasoning is? You're obviously ambitious, you've got to be if you want to be in this game. Yeah, I mean, I ran for the leadership of the party a few times and failed. So the third time I ran, I got child. elected. So yeah, that's right. But we, I guess I, I had a few setbacks along the way and thought it was interesting, liked being an MP. At the end of the day, we'd lost so many elections, though, Deb. Our last victory in New South Wales was 2007, so a long way back. And myself and a group of us thought, look, if we're going to be here, we'd, we want to be in government. It's just too hard being in opposition, particularly for our electorates. My electorate's Cogra, South, Southern Sydney, and it's hard to deliver for your community when you're on the opposition benches. So we were all in. We are like, this, this election, 2023, we've got to go for it. And you're feeling confident? I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a little bit of a pessimist. I never try and get ahead of myself, particularly before elections take place. So we are really hungry about what we have to do, but we're pretty humble about it, particularly after three election losses on the trot. Well, and that's the thing. How long can you stay on the opposition benches? Would you stay on in the game if you lose this time round? Um, I wouldn't cause a by-election. So uh, if I get, if I, if we don't win, if we don't get over the line, I've got a responsibility You'll to the seat of Cogra. Yeah, absolutely. But um, Will no, you stay on as leader? I, it, to be honest with you, I think we're all in for this election campaign. And um, our my responsibility is try and get a victory for Labor, introduce new ideas into the campaign. And um, yeah, I'm all in for March next year. And you talk about the setbacks. I often think that you need to experience adversity to really be a rounded person is is that do you think that those setbacks have you experienced have have made you a better person 100% no doubt about it you, you particularly i think with politics if you just have a charmed run as soon as you hit a brick wall 
or something goes wrong, you can collapse in on yourself. And, you know, it's often a stressful job. Many things can go wrong. The circumstances can change. And it's unfair from my perspective. Uh, often, you know, it's, the fairness has got nothing to do with it. Uh, you've got to roll with the punches. And if things just are perfect, then I don't think you've got that kind of lived experience to mm. deal with the adversity. Well, that's what people experience every day. 100%. That's right. So the highs and the lows and the in-betweens too. Yeah, the highs and lows. Uh, that's right. And I think the other thing is you kind of learn with resiliency that if you just keep turning up, things will change, circumstances will change, and maybe there's an opportunities for you, but you don't experience that unless mm. you have election defeats and close calls and setbacks. Now, you were always... I suppose, hungry for politics, but you were once also a stay-at-home dad. Mm -hmm. In fact, for a number of years, 2013 to, to 2015, what was easier, being a stay-at-home dad or being in the bear pit in Macquarie Street in politics? Definitely politics. Yeah, <laughs> definitely politics. So during that period, we, we were living overseas prior to that and we came back to Australia. My and what, wife, what took you overseas? I was studying. I went to Princeton University to do my master's degree. Uh, at the conclusion of that, we came back to Australia. Uh, we had two kids, Joe. I can't remember how old he would have been, maybe four or five. And Nicholas would have been two or three. And my wife had an opportunity to start a business or to start a company that was based in New Jersey where we were living and bring it to Australia. And great opportunity, but we couldn't do it with two little kids mm. and no one sort of at home looking after them. So she'd agreed to move with me to the United States. And I thought, well, this is a good opportunity to get to know the kids. I mean, it was a bit of a debacle half the time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, a huge learning curve. It was massive. It, it, it genuinely was. And I, I've got these memories of when that, when she'd come home from work, like doing long hours, been coming home on public transport. We lived in Carlton next door to Cogra in my now electorate and um, the train station was there and I'd just be counting down the seconds for it to run through the front door. And then the kids would run up the hallway and yeah, it was, it was fun, but they were, it was a good period. And I think I did get to know those two little ones. Which is a great, better. you know, a lot of, a lot of working dads of, of generations past missed out on that opportunity, didn't they? And, and there's been a real shift in, in the current generation that much more hands on and a lot more dads choosing to do what you did, work from home and, and be the, the primary caregiver for some period of time. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, the house went to rack and ruin did it? and uh, I wasn't great at <laughs> Let's cleaning be honest up. Here. Yeah, that's right. It's not like I was a great multitasker. My job was to keep them alive for that, for that period. Oh, that's of time, good. That's which good. Mission accomplished as far as that's concerned. But um, no, it was good. It was it was fantastic for me. Great for Anna, and hopefully, I didn't damage the boys too much. Well, they're still alive. They're that's, still that's going strong. Good. Yes, absolutely. So, why politics? I've just always been interested in it. I mean, I know um, it's probably not fashionable to say it, but even from from when I was younger, my parents were not members of the Labor Party or into a political party, but they really loved politics. And we were the kind of family that when it was on, the federal election was on, we'd watch it on TV and I just got excited by it. I th watching it in real time, particularly that 1993 election that Paul Keating won against the odds, it was the, the GST election. election. That's the one. Yep. I just thought it was the most exciting thing going. I loved sport and I saw a lot of analogies with sport coming from behind, you know, putting your best team on the paddock using all these tired sort of metaphors. But I thought it was interesting and exciting and I got the bug and I've still got the bug. I still love it. Because I think politics is a bit like 
people who love their footy or love their sport politics is a bit like that in that you, you see these stories of, of people coming from behind and people who have ambition and, you know, it, it's got all of those Machiavellian stories that you see in, in great sports stories too, people who are fans of sport and others are fans of politics. Absolutely. And even in my current job, there's a lot, I, I read a lot of sporting stories, whether it's the All Blacks or the Australian Cricket Team or whatever, and building that winning culture within your organisation is something that you've got to try and do for politics as well. And it means having an optimistic disposition about your circumstances. It means attacking every day, trying to get the better of your opponent. I think that they're all kind of positive attributes. And I've noticed even for hardcore liberal voters, um, they'll often pull me aside and just want to talk about politics, you know, Mm. like swap notes, Say I like you. Do, I like what you're doing here. I hate what you're doing there. There's a few people in the community that have just got the bug, and yeah, I'm I'm a fellow traveller. You talk about the family and being a stay-at-home dad and having that that great benefit of being there for for your kids and for your family. But how do they cope with the scrutiny that comes with you being leader of the opposition and a lot of the criticism that comes with it? And I mean, there are a lot of negatives for people in your game too. And you know. Your family didn't sign up for this job, but no. they have to suffer the side effects of it as well. I mean, at the thus far, completely unaffected. Couldn't care less. My middle boy, Nicholas. So you've got three now. I've got three. I've got Joe, Nick, and then a big gap, and then George, who's just turned six. Um, Nicholas, who's the middle one, is just an absolute stirrer. Dominic Perrottet comes on the TV. He pauses it. He goes, this bloke's making a lot of sense. He's... <laughs> And I got to tell, I don't think we've ever told this story. I was telling Perrottet, Dominic Perrottet, that my middle boy is this secret fan of his. So he goes, okay, that's interesting. Next thing, a T-shirt, a Dominic Perrottet T-shirt arrives in the mail in Nicholas's size. So I have to wake up every second morning with my middle boy wearing a Dominic Perrottet T-shirt around my own house. (laughs) Honest to God, that, I'll, I'll show you a photo at the end of the interview. So he's a complete and utter troublemaker. He's just a stirrer, yeah. but he he loves it. Like he's he's so no, there's they've they've never taken home anything. A few times I've had the odd negative front page, and they just burst out laughing and make fun of me with their friends. They're really kind of down to earth kids. But that's look, good. You need that. You need yeah. that to to keep you level headed and to keep it real. I think that's right, and also. It's a really important job. It's one we're really interested in, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. At the end of the day, we want to do a good job for New South Wales politics, but um, we've got to keep it in perspective yeah. too. And how do you think they'll feel if you win? I don't know. I mean, if if we don't win, then I think there'll be a sense that we get to they get me back. And, um, you know, particularly for the oldest boy, Joe, I try and take him surfing as much as we can down the beach. So there'll be more opportunities to spend family time together but you know there's there there's three of them they've all got different interests uh, you know I, I think they're rooting for me but who knows well with wearing wearing the Don Perrottet shirt <laughs> will they wear that on the on the polls I election don't know day? we've got to take a photo of it but it's hilarious yeah. <laughs> well, sh- we'll share it we'll share it with our with our listeners all right quick questions to sure. end with we're doing this for, for Polly Wolfel this time around do you prefer winter or summer summer why uh, surfing yeah, just going to the beach. Yeah, I'm with you. I extended prefer daylight. What's your guilty pleasure? Um, oh, that's a good question. Probably, um, I've given up alcohol, so like a lot of my vices have just wow. gone away. Like yep. chocolate, chocolate, I eat a lot of chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you've given up alcohol altogether? Yep. Not at all. No. Nope. 
Is that because you want to be match fit or what's that about? Yeah, just needed the energy, particularly in the morning and like to jump, spring out of bed and, and deal with the next 12 months. So, yeah. There you go. Mm. Okay. And if you could have one band or one song that you could listen to for the rest of your life, who would you choose? I love um, Radiohead, my favourite band. I've loved them since I was a kid at university. So um, probably um, a song called Fake Plastic Trees, which I've always loved. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris Mins, this waffle, we'll tuck into <laughs> this because we, we do have the waffle here. Right, so we cool. will tuck into it. A man of healthy, although slightly unhealthy pleasures. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for Polly You bet, Deb. I really appreciate it. Thanks.